0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Smoke King's Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host Dean, joined by my co-host Dane this week. Dane, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. Yourself, how are you? I'm very well, very happy and content after a nice first visit to King's Meadow and a winter boot. Um, and to talk about it, Jane's not here this week. Uh, we've called on the expertise of Mia Eriksson. Mia, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, it's been a good week and and. Uh, Good
0: weekend. Yeah, lots of Swedes scoring, I think, in the WSL, wasn't it, this weekend?
1: Yes. So I'm very, very happy about that.
0: Yeah, as you would be about Chelsea versus Brighton, which we're here to talk about. We're also going to touch on uh, the Wolfsburg game in the Champions League this Wednesday. We're going to preview that. Towards the end of this episode. Uh, but before we get into all that, make sure you're following us on social media at Mo Kings Meadow on Twitter and at Went to Mo Kings Meadow on Instagram. Uh, we've also got a Patreon, uh, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Went to Mo Kings Meadow. You'll find this podcast there before you hear it in your usual feeds. Uh, I do in the five things we learned from each game publishing on there, which started with the Brighton game. Uh, so if you want to get that, you need to subscribe for. £5 a month, you can become a season ticket holder. Or for £1 a month, you can just be a friend of the show and help support what we do and help us continue creating content on this team. Uh, but enough of that. Let's get into the game then. Chelsea 3, Brighton 1 this past Saturday, the 2nd of October at Kings Meadow. Uh, Chelsea lining up with a 3-4 3 formation. Berger in goal, Bright, Carter and Erickson at the back. Cuthbert, Ingle, Liverpool's, Wrighton in midfield and Harder, Kirby or Kerr. Better known as Pickerby up front for Chelsea. Uh, Emma Hayes used four substitutions, bringing on Neve Charles and Bethany England for Erin Copper and Sam Kerr in the 77th minute and Jesse Fleming and John Anderson for Frank Kirby and Guru Wrighton in the 83rd minute. This left her with Sakira Musevich, Carly Telford, Anik Nguyen, Drew Spence and Georgia Fox as her unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 61% possession, 19 shots, five on target, 11 fouls, four corners and an XG of Two, uh, that's all fire FB ref. In case you wanted to know, uh, me, your thoughts on the lineup when you saw it sort of I was 10 out of 11 because there's no G, she's gone missing. Uh, was you sort of pleased with it?
1: Yeah, I was surprised uh, to see G was not even in the squad. Um, would be interesting to see uh, what the reason for that was, uh, but otherwise, no, no real surprises. I think it's, it's kind of obvious that um, this is uh, the for- formation and system Chelsea will go ahead with. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, and I'm pleased with
0: it. Yeah, I went with G in my previous formation because I thought that Ingle and Liverpool is a bit negative against a team that sits back as Brighton do. But they looking at the stats quickly. You know, 19 shots, but five on target. Only an XG of two. Chelsea were a bit wasteful in front of goal, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I can't remember a lot of of clear-cut chances. Uh, there was already a lot of good link-up play, as per usual, between Kirby and Kerr. I thought Pennell had a quiet game, but I don't think that was her fault. I think a lot of the game passed her by, you know, the long balls that go into the other side of the field that she's on. And as I said, the uh, link-up play between... Kirby and Kerr, you know, Pernil was free a few times, but just not being found. But apart from that, yeah, there was, I can't remember, a lot of clear-cut chances, a lot of wasteful shooting and shooting from from tight angles, but it wasn't like, you know, clear, clear, like, oh, we should have won 4-1, 5-1 or
0: 6-1. Yeah, talking of clear-cut chances, it, Sam Kerr had probably the best one in the first half pretty much straight away when she went through one-on-one
2: and put the ball wide. Why doesn't she like easy goals, Dane? Well, I I, I as I alluded to last week. Sorry, I'm just ill. I've just said there was hardly any clean cut chances, I remembered about three straight away. I'm, I'm putting my uh, illness down <laughs> to it. Sorry, very bunged up. Yeah, no, I, I we alluded to it last week. You know, when when you've played football and you you're you know you're in an attacking position and, and you've got one on one, you have two you know, you, you think about it too much and sometimes you play tricks of your mind you're thinking left, right, dink go around the keeper and, and then you always go for the one that obviously doesn't work. And with Sam, you know, that's clearly some of her struggles, too too much time. I thought she connected well. It was only on the video angle of the replay that it showed it was it was quite well wide. Yeah, it was a, a disappointing effort from her, but
0: she normally does take one or two to get started. Uh, but Chelsea did take the lead in the ninth minute when Guru Wrighton uh, put the ball in the back of the net. It was a bit of a harder press, which forced the throw in. She let Koppel know she could take the throw quickly and get her in behind. She found Kirby, who found right, and 1-0 to Chelsea. Mia, they mentioned that the game passed harder by. She had 27 pressures, which was the most on the pitch. And again, we're talking about what she does off the ball. When are we going to start talking about what she does on the ball with Chelsea? Uh, When
1: she gets the ball, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) No, but I mean... Uh, t- to be honest she could have had uh, three assists in this game I mean Kerr had sh- she played Kerr absolutely free two times uh, and then Kirby she played uh, a cutback um, two uh, just inside the box that, that Kirby just shot very wide and high uh, very unlike uh, Frank Kirby um, but I mean it's pretty obvious. I thought that Penilla Harder was very much involved on the ball uh, in the game the first 10 minutes. And then the rest of the game, she had a brilliant uh, passing through uh, with with these three chances. And then it's like you say, she, she does a lot of hard work uh, with um, their press. And I think... I think also this is a player uh, that, that that hasn't been forced to press uh, in her previous clubs uh, because they haven't played like this. Uh, and she is probably not that type of player that her previous coaches uh, would put in, in a position to press. But I mean... We, I'm going to be honest, I think she does it very well, uh, especially this season, if we compare it to last. But I mean, it it was pretty obvious that first goal because she is a quick player. And when Chelsea, she she press uh, and then the, the throw-in and she point, pointed uh, and Millie Bright, actually, I think it was Millie Bright that did the throw-in and, and she took it. She took the bait <laughs> from Harder. Uh, and threw the ball quite fast, uh, and then we have a goal. And uh, so I think <laughs> I just want more of that quick, quick play.
0: Yeah, this was obviously my first time at Kings Meadows. It's the first time I've watched Chelsea not on the TV. And what I picked up, you know, hugely was everything that Harder does that doesn't get passed to her. So she's making runs, she's dropping in, and the ball goes somewhere else, and, and that happens. But it was so often that you could not not notice that that was happening. And, and like you said, the one time she showed them, you know, take the throw, I'm, I'm in here. They did it and they scored a goal from it. You'd think they'd want to do it a bit more and trust it with the ball, but they didn't. So it stayed 1-0 until the 38th minute because Brighton stayed compact and they tried to frustrate Chelsea. And to an extent they did. Chelsea obviously creating chances, but nothing, as Dane said, too clear cut. Um, but they took an advantage from a mistake from Megan Walsh in the Brighton goal to make it 2-0. Uh, Kirby's excellent ball to Ker- in the middle. Kirby, the goalkeeper in the air, and headed home. And, and Dane, it was the other side of Kirby's game that we saw today, wasn't it? Because we used to her sort of taking her chances, but she didn't. But what she did was she put it on the plate for everybody else.
2: Yeah, well, I, was it was it Mia who tweeted Kerr scores of a head water is wet or something similar? Some I did see. No, they wasn't you, Mia. Know, someone did similar. You know. Uh, Kerr scores with her head, you know, water is wet. You know, it's just a lot we expect. It was, yeah, on the angle of the replay, you know, you saw great movement from Kerr. She was pointing to where she wanted it. Her run was amazing. Uh, and and for Kirby to find her as well. Luckily for us, out of the three who, who who went for the ball, she was the only one who kept her eye on the ball. She brushed off uh, Gibbons, the Brighton left back, quite easily and then just headed it on target into the empty net. I felt sorry for Gibbons, you know, she was she was a little bit of fault for the first goal. She, she sloppily gave away a a, uh, a throw on, and as Mia said, Pernil got in behind her while she was still uh, trying to get back into position. Uh, she, she lost Pernil for that first goal, and then she was easily brushed off by uh, Kerr for this, for this for this second goal. But yeah, you know, she kept her eyes on the ball. The other two didn't, and you know, the header into the back of the net, nice goal.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was a lovely header. It looked like she was going to get nowhere near the ball. And that's probably why the goalkeeper kind rushing out. Mm. But somehow she seems to be seven foot in the air when she's you know going for headers, uh, when in reality she, she's not that tall at all. Um, obviously, Chelsea going in at halftime at 2-0. They come out sort of thinking they can put this game to bed, but it's Brighton that pull one back. Um, I was actually queuing for chips because I was hungry. <laughs> it was a lunchtime kickoff. Uh, all I could see was the Brighton bench, so I see them jumping up and down. Uh, but on watching the replay, it was Brighton's Danielle Carter who got the better of Jess Carter to put the ball in the back of the net. Now, I know that probably Jess Carter will get the blame for this, but having watched the replay, Mia, I think Guru Wright and Magda Eriksson should be close together to stop the throw in the first place. And I think that Milly Bright or AKB should be yelling at Jess to drop in, although she has made that mistake. There's other team errors there that could prevent that goal, isn't there?
1: I, I think it's like this. Uh, I'm going to be very diplomatic about this again because I, I think defending, you have to defend like a unit. And I think that's what uh, Chelsea is trying to find. Uh, they're their just, um, they're playing. They're trying to find the way uh, how to defend as a unit with this new formation and system. Um, and And this system with having to Wing backs uh, that isn't natural defenders uh, at all. Um, I mean, it, it will take some time for for them to find 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 their unit to to cover up for each other. And I think that that what what was happened.
0: Yeah, before the game, actually, Emma was in conversation with. Uh, Erin and, and Guru, it was the only thing she actually did in the in the warm-up. She came out after the players had been out for a while, spoke to those two, they went back inside, um, letting their assistants take care of it. And obviously, they're the two sort of new positions in this team that they haven't previously played with wing backs in their other formations that they had last season. So, as Mia said, it's something they need to learn and need to learn quickly because they are obviously facing some better opposition very soon. Uh, sort of, What was interesting, Dame, was Brighton's tactics in the second half was to push their two forward wide players right up the pitch, either side of Magda and uh, Millie in the space where your right back or your left back would be. And it really disrupted Chelsea's passing patterns. Do you think this could be copied by other teams as a way to stop Chelsea? Because they didn't play half as good as they did in the first half when Brighton did that
2: no obviously brighton Gold like did stun chelsea for about a good 15 20 minutes and obviously you know the, the professionalism of, of of clubs nowadays they'll do their homework they'll come in with lots of plans and lots of tactics and they'll see what you know what disrupts chelsea you know what what, what imbalances them and you know it, it's up to them to decide on what plan to go to uh you no know, it was it, it it was brighton did put the pressure on after that but i can't remember I'm not going to make a mistake again of saying I can't remember them getting any chance, and they did. You know, it was a great finish from... Uh, I remember having she had two terrible injuries in a row, didn't she? Two ACLs. The uh, goal scorer, what's her name? She was next, because she scored against us in the FA Cup final for Arsenal, didn't she? A couple of... Uh, Danielle Carter, yeah, a couple of... See, about four or five years ago. And I thought she looked quite leggy in the first half and quite short of fitness, which is which is not a surprise because of the uh, her uh, previous couple of years. But that was a really good finish uh, by her. I think the uh, someone got the wrong side of Magdalena, which is Ericsson, which was a really unlike her. But then, yeah, it just goes to show what girls what goals do to strikers because after that she looked really lively and really buzzing around the box. Uh, Give Brighton a lot of belief, you know. They started they started forcing play and possession. For the next about twenty minutes, and then we we got back into it, and I think we well, I think they they did a stat on the second half that we didn't get a shot on target until like about twenty five minutes into the second half, which was for a team of Chelsea that was uh, very surprising. But we, I think we was just stunned by by Brighton's second half, their tactics, and their early goal. Yeah,
0: well, like I said, I was queuing for chip for a good ten minutes after the time started, Second half started, and Chelsea were attacking the end of the chip van, and they weren't that end at all. So I didn't see much of that start of the game. Mir, it's interesting, isn't it, what teams choose to do against Chelsea, especially lesser teams. You know, the first half, Brighton sat back and Chelsea just peppered the goal time after time with chances. The second half, they actually stepped up to Chelsea, pushed them back, created their own chances, could have, could have easily equalized, but didn't. And then obviously get punished with the third goal where Lewis pulls his header, goes straight over the defence, which is higher than it would be. Kirby runs in and England scores a great goal. How do teams balance that out against Chelsea, being sort of not too negative but not too positive to get caught?
1: Well, I think it's. We, we can go back to that the game versus Arsenal because um, if you have. I mean, like Dean just. You said it just now that the. Like Magda had to... Uh, she's, she's vulnerable uh, in that position now because she, she needs the cover in front of her. And it's supposed to be Guro Reiten that's, that is going to provide that cover uh, along with uh, the double pivot of Ingel uh, and uh, Leopold. So if that cover isn't there it's it's going to be their weakness they have to be disciplined very disciplined but when you play a team like bright uh, brighton you know that you're you're going to have uh, the ball a lot and and I mean it was pretty obvious that chelsea were in this game to score goals and go forward they will always be a team uh, that will go forward but that will put a massive pressure on the wing-backs to be disciplined enough to to not leave uh, too much space behind.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. We'll talk about the midfield too shortly, but they don't want to talk about Bethany England again because she missed that penalty mm. midweek um, and her confidence looked totally zapped. But seeing her score, the players rallied round her pretty quickly after the ball went in. That was a great moment,
2: wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tough midweek for her. You know, we was a little bit critical because we thought Chelsea looked a bit, you know, lethargic in that first half against Birmingham. We couldn't find space. But as Emma Hayes said afterwards, you know, we asked Bethany to do a job. They had, you know, Birmingham had two low blocks and it was really hard for her. And, you know, as Jane said on the previous show, she was hoping that maybe she would start this game just to give her some confidence back. But in the end, it was a wonderful finish from Bethany. You know, very pleased for her. It was yeah. You you was right. Your strong winning header from Melanie in midfield, which released Fran and and cut the ball on on the outside of the defence, which I thought was going to get away from her, but Bethany adjusted her body quite well and you know just put that in top corner like the old uh, co-competitor. You say you don't save those. It was a brilliant finish and and good for her confidence considering you know she, she had been sitting on the bench for a good seventy five minutes. Yeah, she
0: didn't have long to think, and I think that probably helped her score the goal
2: because Mm. she sort of had to cut and
0: shoot straight away and with the penalty she's probably overthinking where she's going to put this ball and and this perhaps secures her restart for the game against Leicester next weekend Um, but we're not going to look that far ahead Uh, that meant the game finished 3-1 to Chelsea to the top of the table for a brief moment in time Uh, a pleasing result all round Emma Hayes probably would have liked to have taken some players off a bit sooner than she did but the fact that Brighton was so in this game meant that she needed her you know, key players out there for longer than perhaps she would have liked. Uh, a couple of things I'll just want to touch on more generally. We talked about that midfield uh, a lot, or the lack of it, should we say. And I'm beginning to think, you spoke about the win backs not being defensive. Are they having to drop into that defensive line to make it a five? And then it's leaving the midfield free because... There were so many occasions where Brighton had three midfield players with no one near them. I mean, the referee was in so many good positions. She could have been a number 10. She was the perfect player to watch. The pockets of space she was picking up in the middle was because no Chelsea player was there. Is that the reason or is there something else that's going on?
1: I think um, I think it, it was pretty obvious uh, that and that's not just the midfield of England and Leopolds that interchange uh, a lot because the front also interchange a lot but i think i mean you just said it that this uh, Leopolds header uh, that went down to Kirby uh, and then that's that's a good positioning for, from a play like that they need to win uh, the ball in that area to to uh, provide I mean, not only cover, but but I mean, just being able to um, to stick together with the front uh, as well when when it's uh, when when it gives them the opportunity. I think I'm having a hard time seeing uh, that b- both Ingle and Lowpulse is not quite the holding midfielders that that would require. Uh, for that position. But I mean, the game versus Arsenal, all, all of the players uh, and the team, the Chelsea team, uh, when, um, when I think it was Miedema's goal, uh, they held a good shape. The lines were, I mean, the whole team was in, in a good shape uh, when that happened. But if you have two wing backs going up to to put pressure pressure on on the ball holder uh, from the opposition, then you need the midfield to to just follow um, like a rubber band. <laughs> I think I think that was the reason. Maybe that game was a bit. But but that was the first game, and they they played uh, with these players in, in this formation as well. Um, so I mean, I think it. The game this week uh, is going to be a good test for this formation and and for two wing backs who who might not um, I mean they're not seen as wing backs yet because it's the first time they play like that.
2: I thought Brighton, though, Dean was well organised and well disciplined. You know, I thought there was a lot better than our opponents we beat in Manchester last week. You know, they moved the ball around well. And in Hope Powell, they have someone you know, experienced someone who has to be a, a tactically astute. She knows she hasn't got the players that Chelsea have got, so she's got to be on the ball tactically. I think they'll cause uh, lots of teams problems this season. I thought, I thought, I thought they did really well. I thought they actually played better than 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 they did when they beat us last season two one. I really liked uh, Maya Latissier. Uh, really, from nineteen, I think all the big clubs will be looking at her. I think she started the first half in centre-midfield then went to centre-back and apparently she can play right-back as well uh, strangely not related to Matthew Letizia considering they're both from Guernsey a very small island but really impressed with her
0: yeah I think some further
2: testing might need to be done on that one same surname
0: same place but not related um, very small yeah.
2: place as well
0: yeah like you said Hope Powell's been around the block a few times um, in this football game so she knows what she's doing she obviously got the better of Emma last season um And like you said, they're one of the teams just below that level, just below sort of Everton's level, I think, where they need obviously significant investment to improve their squad enough to challenge perhaps a bit stronger, but they're going to be a tough team for anyone to beat this season. And Chelsea struggled for a lot of this game, as you said, to break them down and they had Chelsea's number for for large periods despite Chelsea's stats dominance. It wasn't a... um, Convincing free one, in my opinion, Chelsea deserved to win, but not um, by a mass of goals, and they and they didn't do. Um, Dane, somebody else want to speak about who was my player of the match was, was Guru Gura Wrighton. Brighton was so compact in the first half. She had the freedom of the left wing. Uh, in the second half, they they changed it up a little bit, but she still time and time again got you know in the back. And I want to share some stats that she had in this game that sort of highlight this. So she played for 82 minutes, she scored one goal. She had four shots, which was the joint most. Three on target, which was the most. 59 touches, which was the fourth most. The back three had the most, which was like double these numbers. 18 pressures, which was third behind Harder and loopholes. Three interceptions, which was joint second. She had an XG of 0.5, which was the joint first with Sam Kerr. She created six shot-creating actions, which was joint first. Ten progressive passes, which was joint first. And ten progressive carries, which was first. Sort of everything there, sort of topping the charts. Everything good went through her today. How good was she?
2: Yeah, I liked her. Like like Mia said, it's hard for her at the moment because she's sort of like learning on the job uh, in, in games like this. You know, she, she she will learn a lot. It'll be the big games that she might be found out a little bit. I was really impressed of her. Her goal was her foot. It was all about that first touch, which enabled the second touch to to uh, drill it in the bottom corner. But I think she has started the season really well. I thought. Although, as I said earlier, I thought Penel had a little bit of a quiet game uh, with, with the ball and she didn't really get her chances. But like Mia said before, you know, she does get herself in good positions and she's not found. But like Penel, I think Gurura started the season really well. One of our better players. I'm very impressed with her. And, you know, that position's there for the taking at the moment. She's on top of the list and if she keeps on producing and learning on the job like she's doing at the moment and she'll make it uh, her, her own. But, it, you know, it was no secret that they were... Chelsea were trying to find a, uh, trying to sign a wing back in the summer, but I don't know who they was who they was looking at. But they haven't got any, and and again, with with two players, you've got to learn it well.
0: Mia, what I would say about those numbers is they are brilliant at wing back. How much better could they be if she was just a winger and she weren't bothered about what was sort of behind her as much? She could focus on doing that that great stuff going forward.
1: Yeah, I think uh, probably uh, I mean much more at this stage uh, of the season because she like you said um she's she's trying to adjust to to her new job. But I think the most with with those numbers I just I just want to say because it it would have been very interesting to see Magda's uh, numbers in the progressive parts because she was the progressor last season now it's pretty clear that this is uh, Guro's job so I think you, you can't have a better player uh, for that job uh, in that role than Guro Reiten if you're going to uh, take that um, task off Magda then, then if you, you have Guro Reiten, that, that's the best player for it
0: yeah, I can get you uh, Magda's numbers right now if you would like. Um, just give me a second to fill the dead airspace with me talking, while I click on the links on the pages, and scroll down and scroll down and scroll down to Chelsea. There we are. Now I've got to read this very small. So looking at you, know, carries Magda's. 71 in this game, four progressive carries, uh, which Jess Carter has four as well. Mini Bright only two from the defence. Uh, dribbles not attempting any passes. Magda with five, which was the most out of the back four. But like you said, you know Guru's doing double that. And interestingly as well, uh, Panila Harder with ten, the joint most with, with um, Guru said. So, yeah, they're two players which are, are forcing the ball forward and forcing Chelsea's play going through you know, the, the Danian and Norwegian. So it's interesting to look at. Obviously, it's only a one-game stats we're looking at there, but they're the things oh, if you could look for longer term to see who's playing these types of balls and, and what they're doing with it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I think it was you and me that talked about it after the game that was still kind of surprised that they didn't use uh, Guro more uh, because it was often you could find both her and Panilla uh, totally unmarked and free. Uh, and I, I mean, I think this is, uh, it's starting to, to come together for Chelsea. We, we have to be honest about that because... Uh, the fact that uh, players like Guru Reiten and Panilla Harder uh, um, is doing these runs now, making and creating these spaces, uh, I mean, that didn't even happen last season because um, a lot of things was going on back then on the pitch that, that uh, the formation they played last season didn't allow this. Now, now it does. So it's just um, those balls have to have to go to to players that create uh, the space for themselves. Um, and and I think when that happens, Chelsea can be a real threat to any opposition uh, this season.
0: Yeah, well, that formation last season didn't even allow Guru on the pitch. Um, exactly. <laughs> but both both had a full pre season, which is interesting. Uh, the first game that Hard has not been playing the match, um, but Guru took it from her. Uh, that win puts Chelsea into third. Now the full to fixtures has been completed. Uh, Arsenal remain top on 12 points ahead of Tottenham on goal difference, uh, both with four wins from four. Uh, Chelsea in third with nine level with manchester united but a much superior goal difference largely thanks to the 6-1 win last week uh, west ham in fifth aston villa in sixth brighton in seventh everton eighth man city ninth we've now lost three games on the spin uh, on three points and then you've got leicester Burnham and reading all four played four losses zero points not looking very good for them or manchester city um who need arsenal to lose three times to to get level on points with them and not lose another game themselves so that is the title gone you would think uh for us three points away after four games pretty pleased dane with the start to the season so far
2: yeah yeah but the uh we, we all had a, we didn't have any concerns you know after watching out the defeat to arsenal we all had our opinions and it was all quite positive about it we wasn't panicking and you know to bounce on with with three three good wins after that we couldn't do any more really
0: yeah one thing I'm not pleased with is my fancy football team who are struggling in the Wentzamoke in the middle she plays league Uh, overactive Badger is top with 429 points Uh, I've got no idea who that is so if that's you congratulations tell me your name because it it doesn't show me uh, manager names just team names so you have to scroll down a long way to find my team. But anyway, uh, we're going to go for a short break here and then we're going to come back and talk about that Champions League game against Wolfsburg this Wednesday. Uh, so come straight back.
3: Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht im Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merch Master, Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Hi, hier ist Flo vom Sprechstunde-Podcast.
2: Bei uns findet ihr sämtliche Themen, die die Welt bewegen. Dieser fantastische Podcast hier wird ihr präsentiert von Nike. Nike hat sich mit der aktuellen Find Your Fast-Kampagne in den Kopf gesetzt, genau dich noch schneller zu machen, noch ausdauernder, noch sicherer. Mit Find Your Fast ist die Zeit für einfach nur irgendwelche Laufschuhe endgültig vorbei. Du bist schließlich auch nicht einfach nur irgendein Sportler. Lass dich von Nike unterstützen und mach zukünftig jeden Lauf zu genau deinem besten Lauf. Fans real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast Up the Chelsea
3: FootballFancast.com
0: Welcome back to Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now for the Wolfsburg preview, the game taking place this Wednesday, the sixth of October, I'm gonna guess. Uh looking at the dates, it seems right. Mia's nodding, so I'm guessing that's right. Uh an eight pm kickoff, so nice and late uh, for me. Um Dane, this is a very big game, isn't it? And Chelsea coming back to the Champions League as runners up, have they got a point to prove that they've improved enough to, to contend again?
2: Well, I'd like to only be proved by results. Uh, you know, they got to the final last year, were not on merit they got there because they deserved to to get there by by beating all the teams. Obviously, we all sat there and watched the final when it was uh, over as quickly as as you know it took to maybe uh, put the kettle on because you know it, it was it was quite depressing so early on. But Chelsea and Emma would have been proud of of their run and 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 how they got there and and all the obstacles they had to overcome. No, they're playing Wolfsburg, you know, a big team within European football. They've come off a bit recently, but, wow, they've been successful over the, I think, about the last nine years. I think they've, you know, I think Champions League five times, won twice. I think they've won their league six times and, like, their their cup about eight times. You think of that record in nine years, it's amazing. But, you know, Chelsea, one of the big guns in it in European football now is just accepted. So these games come along and 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 to to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And it could be seemed as a tough game. I expect Chelsea to overcome it.
0: Yeah, it was interesting when they played them last season and you said they've fallen off a little bit. And I think Chelsea were definitely guilty of playing against the name rather than the team in the first leg. And in the second leg obviously turned that around and sort of blew them away. Mia, you will know more about Wolfsburg than me and Dan combined. Um, they only just managed to qualify for this tournament, beating Bordeaux on penalties. Uh, they had to qualify because they lost the, the Frauen Bundesliga to Bayern Munich last season. Where are they at this year? What transfers have they made? What players have they lost? What's going on there? Oh,
1: well, that was a lot of questions in the same <laughs> sentence, but here we go. Uh, okay. So uh, the main thing about Wolfsburg is that they have uh, a whole new coaching staff and a new head coach. Um, Stefan Lörz uh, is out and uh, they have a new one called Tommy Strott. And uh, they lost uh, key players like Ingrid Engen and Fridolina Rolfö last season uh, who has uh, have signed for Barcelona? Uh, so they're the two players. I mean, providing probably the most quality uh, for Wolfsburg that they have left. Um, but then they have left. Then they have lost players like uh, Sanet Jakabfi and uh, Lena Gösling. Uh, I, I don't think that Sanat Yakapci started that many games for Wolfsburg last season, but she was a player that came on and scored uh, for them. And Lena uh, she was one of the uh, centre backs. Lot uh, of experience uh, have gone away with her. And then the players they have signed, they have, they have signed three. Uh, players from the Netherlands, uh, probably the, the most famous one is Gil Road, uh for coming in from Arsenal to, to join Wolfsburg. Uh, and then they have signed four German internationals uh, as well. Um, and I think the most uh, The biggest change uh, Wolfsburg has made in, in their play uh, at the moment is that Lena Overdorf uh, who played uh, in the defense midfield wing last season, uh, has played center back for Wolfsburg. Um, the first games I've seen with them this season, um, so, and so and that they had they have been sloppy. Um, at the back but I thought they were sloppy at the back last season as well and they were they were very vulnerable um, at
0: the back yeah you spoke about vulnerable at the back they obviously drew 2-2 with Freiburg in the Bundesliga game yesterday what has sort of Tommy Stroop brought to the team they played differently than they did last season or is it a similar playing style still
1: I think uh, I did hear that uh, Wolfsburg uh, themselves uh, call calls themselves. They are in uh, a transition uh, season. They won't talk about results uh, more. Actually, they they're, they're gonna. They, they it's Wolfsburg. Obviously, they want to win everything, and they can win everything. But if they don't, no one is gonna get blamed for it this season. That's the biggest uh, difference, and you can you can tell that when you watch them play. Uh, also, they don't have uh, Alexandra Pop uh, on the pitch yet, uh, due to also I think inj- uh, knee problems. And then they will miss Eva Payor, uh, and she is crucial, I think, for them to to provide provide them with goals. So I think we're we're gonna see a, a different Wolfsburg um, on Wednesday. But but it's still Wolfsburg and I think uh, it's a lot it's a lot to that you know crest. Um, so I'm expecting a tight game.
0: Yeah as you said there are still some big players there Where's, where's going to be the key battleground in this game? And who's going to be the key players from, from both sides in that area?
1: I think for Wolfsburg, is going to be Svenja Hut we, we saw what she did last... Uh, this spring uh, with the crosses. <laughs> uh, and, and she is... she is... Um, probably their key player. Um, also Dominic Jansen and Lena Oberdorf will be uh, the pair uh, in Wolfsburg that also will be seen as key players, but they will probably play centre-backs.
0: Yeah, you mentioned obviously Svenja Who Who's going to be the Chelsea player that's going to be tasked with, with tracking her in this game? You're, you're asking me? or yeah, In your opinion...
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, she plays at the right-hand side often. So I think Cuthbert will have to deal with her.
0: That's a player that won't stop running. Dane, it's interesting to hear Mia say that they won't be judged on results. I always think that's a very good thing to hear about your opponents. Because it's yeah, just no. that there's an opportunity for you to take advantage of their transition.
2: Yeah, would, would they say that. <laughs> or you you wonder what they're saying behind closed doors. Uh, you know, some half half full glass, half full glass, half empty sort of scenario. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. If 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 they are being given time, then, then good for the club and and good for them, and they can sort of like mould themselves into how they want to play in the so-called uh, transitional season, and uh, hopefully Chelsea can take advantage of them. You know, we all know the, the capabilities Emma Hayes has as a manager as well, so. you you, you asked Mia, you know, what style of football uh, are they playing this season? No doubt Emma knows that and knows exactly what she wants to do to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling,
2: though, that Chelsea think
0: that they've beaten Wolfsburg now and they can beat them again and maybe go into this game slightly more confident than perhaps they they ought to be. Um, But they spoke about their mentality so much, Chelsea, that Emma should be able to stamp that out unless it's coming from her. Then, then they're screwed. Um, team select to time then. And it's going to be the same as Brighton, in my opinion. Berger, Carter, Bright, Ericsson, Cuthbert, Ingle, Liverpool, Brighton, Harder, Kirby, Kerr. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if G turns up out of the blue and plays in midfield. Uh, Dame, what's your thoughts on the team?
2: What's Emma going to do in this game? Yeah, so we don't know what's, what's wrong with G. No, is she injured or is she? Uh, haven't heard anything. Uh Yeah, the, there's a couple of question marks because obviously you know the league campaign is different to the Champions League campaign, and whether some players, you know, uh, Carter started amazingly well at the centre of that back three. Champions, you know, Champions League is a, is a different, a different stage. Will, will she trust her there? It'd be it'd be quite a confidence knock if she was to to put her on the bench. Uh, again, I'd I'd like to see G in there with one of Ingle or Melanie because G can open up things. Uh, and it, it's hard on the wing backs, you know. W- w- we alluded to earlier; they're both learning. Uh, each game and physically, are they ready to be playing? For, you know, twice within three days, both of them. May Neve Charles, Eve Charles, maybe coming on the right. I expect right and to to, to carry on playing because she was she, she's been immense. Uh, but you obviously they know their physical capabilities. They have that whole science now, and they they know what they can reach. But you know, I do worry for the wing backs. You know, because having not played that that, that far, but you know, they've got to get certain fitness levels and doing that at, at such high levels is going to be hard on them.
0: Yeah, having said that though, Kofber and Brighton both substituted against Brighton, along with Kirby and Kerr, so that obviously shows the four players that mean the most to Emma, probably ahead of this game. Mia, what's your thoughts on whatever Hayes is going to do? I know you texted me saying this is going to be the team for Wednesday, do you still, do you still feel like that one?
1: Yeah, I think so, and... and uh... I mean, I've said it before, G is an, an incredible player and, and she is, but, but she's too much similar to, to Kirby and Harder. To to, I mean, we saw what happened with her uh, trying to protect uh, the back line when Wolfsburg played them uh, the last season. Uh, and to have her uh, cover up for Guru Reiten uh, mm, I'm not sure. I I want to see that uh, actually. Uh, so I will stick with. I I hope that Ingel uh, and lopolds will play uh, in the midfield. So I think it will be a similar starting eleven like the one one versus Brighton.
0: Yeah. Although knowing Emma, they'll play four four two. Totally different to anything they've done this season, and pick the same the team with beat League. Wolfsburg. Yeah. The Champions League yeah. formation. I mean, uh,
1: I, I just want to say as well, because, I mean, Annick Nowen, uh, she has been playing the Champions League with PSV. Uh, so, so, I mean, she, she is not a newbie in this department, even though she probably haven't got past <laughs> the, too many stages of the tournament. But, I mean, she could turn up to play uh, in between Magda and Bright.
0: It's something that's been asked for, but whether Emma says she's ready for Chelsea or not is a different question. Uh, prediction time then. Obviously, Tracy was correct with 3-1 to Chelsea for the Brighton game. Mia was right last time with the 4-0 against Birmingham. They uh, were slacking in this department, so we need to take out the bag on this one. Uh, I'll go first so you don't steal my one this week. Uh I think Chelsea are going to pit this 2-1. What about you, Dave? 2-0. 2-0, nice clean sheet. Mia?
1: Yeah, and then I'm going to have... I was going to go with 2-0 or 2-1 as well, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because that's no fun. So I'm going to say...
2: 6-0. No.
1: <laughs> but I think that this will be a game where... Chelsea can score a lot of goals because Wolfsburg is shaky at the back.
2: I see, and they are... Can I change my uh, result then? No. <laughs> I've it on paper, I've written it down. So Sorry. I'm
1: going to go with the
2: 3-1. Three 3-1. One. Three one. Because I uh, don't
1: think Chelsea will will keep a clean sheet.
0: Not if they defend like they did against Brighton, that's for sure. No. Um, and I think there'll be an element of their mentalness about who they're playing in this game that perhaps prevent them from scoring as many goals as we see sometimes from Chelsea. Uh, let us know your predictions. Obviously, we'll share this on social media along with our team news or team selection, rather. Uh, so let us know what you think. As always, it's good to hear other people's opinions on such matters. Uh, that's all we've got time for before. before we go. Mia, um, a new venture for you starting this week. Why don't you share that with our listeners so they could get involved in what you're going to do? Yeah, my podcast, you mean. (laughs) Not
1: not the other thing, right? Yeah, the
0: podcast,
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll start recording uh, uh, our podcast because we we are two of us, me and Amanda. Uh, It's a podcast called Their Pitch, and we're going to interview players um, from... Now, let's see... The Frauen-Bundesliga, uh, the WSL, uh, top Serien in Norway, and the, the Damallsvenskan in Sweden. I think I got it all covered, <laughs> and and it's only this first season we're going to go for Scandinavian players, and I can uh, I'll be happy to tell you that it's uh, a lot of national team players uh, from Scandinavian countries and the Nordic countries. I think I just, I just miss the Faroes. Uh, do you say that in English?
0: Don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah. well, you, know,
1: you know which country I'm talking about, right? right? The one, the, the small island next oh, the to Faroe Iceland. Oh, the, yeah, the islands. Faroe islands. Yeah, the that, Faroe Islands. That's yeah. what I said. So <laughs> um, that's the only uh, country I'm missing a player from
0: we'll have to um maybe that will change once it started and people start listening uh yeah, where can um, people find this podcast where is it going to be published
1: yeah it's going to be published published on all podcasts um, podcast um, sites and and w- where you can find the podcasts and and we have can i can i say my sponsor here is that okay
0: as long as they're going to pay me for sponsorship as well. Yeah, of course, of <laughs>
1: course. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this project because we're going to talk to the players about uh, their positions uh, from their p- perspectives. We're going to talk about football uh, and also about their relationships to uh, football analysis, how, how football analysis have uh, developed uh, into the women's game. Uh, as well, um, and and the players so far uh, have been very positive about joining. So I hope that will will keep going. But we are doing this in collaboration with the with the platform that will that will aim to democratize uh, football knowledge uh, to get it available for for all people uh, that wants it. Because this this company think. Think that's um, it's too expensive to to get your hands on on these, yeah, these things. So I think it's yeah. pretty
0: it's pretty good. Yeah, game insight. You can name check them; it's fine. Um, yeah,
1: thank you, thank you.
0: If they're looking to sponsor more podcasts, you know, just slide through DMs. We'll <laughs> talk. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to tell tell them tomorrow when I talk to them about other things.
0: Do <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, like Mia said is at their pitch just Twitter account is right yeah make sure you're following that and looking out for that that's going to come out soon I think sounds the first review really this week it?
2: isn't it that sounds really good Mia that sounds you know really in- insightful and exciting and if you like football like the knowledge tactical analysis side then people need to listen to that
1: yeah I think it's going to be uh, good to talk with players uh, mm. about it as well so we're just not going to um, sit there and, and talk about it ourselves uh, but um, yeah I mean it's I, I feel it's time for footballers uh, within the women's game to to have this platform mm. to talk about things like this
0: yeah just to sum it up basically everything that we're not um, their pitch will be so people that know what they're talking about people that have played to a very high level people that understand analysis apart from me, who obviously does um, uh, and not two blokes school Dean and Dane trying to walk through <laughs> women's football matches oh, on a Sunday night in the comfort of their son's bedroom. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> make sure you're following their pitch, listening. And if it's if it's too highbrow, you know, come back next week. When we'll be back talking about the Wolfsburg game and many other Chelsea games as well. Uh, good luck to Mia and Amanda on that venture. Looking forward to listening to that. Um, that is all we've got time for as I said, make sure you're following us on all social medias, make sure you're sharing this podcast with your friends, with your neighbours with your relatives um, buy them a Patreon subscription for their Christmas present, it's coming up soon uh, great idea I think um, yeah, you can follow me at dmirs, dane at dwhit9 and Mia at Mia underscore Erickson got it right this time um, sending people to someone else called Mia erikson last week, apologies for that yeah um, Although the other Mia was very pleased with the followers. Uh, Check out our summer series, My Daughter the Professional, which is available on Patreon, as I've said. Um, It's a good way to support what we're doing and to help us continue to bring you chats like this with people like Dane and people like Mia. It's not possible without that. Um, So thank you to those who already do so. And thank you to those that think they might do in the future as well. Uh, but until next time, Chelsea fans from King's Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying. Huh?
3: Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht im Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge-Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen.